0: Hey guys, it's Ben. Thank you for checking out this message. If you want to hear more messages from Catalyst Church, just search Catalyst Church of Carrollton on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We hope this message speaks to you, encourages you. We hope it builds your life. We hope it builds you. We are for you. The best is yet to come. And if you want to give or donate to what God's doing here at Catalyst Church, you can go to IamCatalyst.net slash donate. The best is yet to come. We love you guys. I'm gonna you what's happening. We're really, really sensitive and, de- and defensive about mental health and mental illness. And there's been times where I've had to say, "Hey, I-, I think you need a little more than we can give you. I-, I-, I think you need some medication. I think, you and sometimes I think you need a little, you need a clinical psychologist or psychiatrist." And I'm talking about, I'm talking about losing your mind on me. I'm talking about, you're calling me crazy. You no, know, but Mr. Richardson, I'm just playing. you're calling me crazy. You're calling me crazy human. Tell somebody right now, say, get your mind right. Get your mind right. You may not have a diagnosis, you may have a diagnosis, but either way you have a mind, and if you don't take care of it, I'm telling you, your life will always be a roller coaster of hell. Tell somebody, say, get your mind right. Get your mind right. It is is become this, um, it is a real thing. It is real. like many depression, major depression, OCD, post-traumatic stress disorder, eating disorders, addiction, uh, compulsive control disorders, anxiety, mood disorders. All that stuff. There's a lot of people on diagnosis because you don't know the doctor, but you got it too, and you like to talk about everybody else I with mean, all All that and then it's real. It's real. And then you've got the day-to-day stuff and we don't know how to manage our life and our mind, and we function and live day-to-day overwhelmed, overworked, overstressed, overstimulated, wow. and the effects that it has on your mind, our health, future. serious and catalyst ready or not, here I come oh, let's go. here I come because we are not afraid of it, I don't know why it took me my daughter six years uh, telling me you know, I should preach on this and I just talk about it based on the sermon I'm preaching, uh, this will probably be a little bit more of a regular thing tell somebody, say get your mind right uh-huh. I want to start this series by preaching three words they are words of faith integrity, they are words of honesty, and you need to learn to use them, you need to be okay with them, you need to know that they are okay to say, say this, when we say, I'm not okay, three words, I just made a million syllables, say it, I said, I'm, okay. I'm not okay, I'm not okay, I'm not okay, Lord, right now, I just ask you to speak through this series the next several weeks. You are pouring your presence and your perspective out on this place. Use me, Father. We are not holding back. We are engaging and we are trusting that you are here and that you are going to speak to every situation, every scar, every mental illness, every unhealthy mental habit, that you are going to speak because you are still bigger than it all and we don't have to be intimidated by it. We don't have to be anxious about it. This is a safe place, Father, because you are here and we invite you here to work. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Y'all give it up one more time. As you see seated, you like three people say, so get your mind. It's okay to admit you're not okay. It's fake to admit when you're not okay. Denying you're not okay when you're not okay is not okay. It's actually pride when you want, it's ego. It's pretentious. It's pretending. It's sin. It's unhealthy. It's what Adam and Eve did from the very beginning when, when the human experience, the first human experience of shame in the Bible, what they did, they covered up. They did. And so, it is not faith to avoid and deny the things in your life that you are dealing with need to address. We have made Christianity this superficial, plastic, uh, know-it-all culture of faith, is denying it, saying it doesn't exist. It exists. It is reality. And it is okay to admit when you're not okay. When you avoid things in your life, they do not go away. They grow Goes for anything in your life. When your car makes noises that it usually doesn't make, you probably don't want to ignore the noises. Happened to me two weeks ago. Always, I always had old beat up cars. That's how I grew up. It's just how like, I was an adult. Because, you know, you're an adult. You don't really have nice things to you. You're able to have nice things. It's just what it is. Or you get it. Finally get a nice truck a couple years ago, it's a used truck, but it's nice. Nicest thing I ever had to drive. So I get yeah, and so people start telling me the last like six or most of this year, they've been telling me something sounds loose underneath your tires. I mean, I'm like it's a four-wheel drive truck, it's a guy's rim, it's beautiful, it's like that type that your daddy bought you uh, to go mud in a brand new truck because your daddy buys you things that you, you shouldn't buy type thing. I bought it five years old, but it's nice. so I'm like, no, no, it's just a truck, that's what it is. I take that mug last week or week before last to get an alignment will change because you know I take care of it. I get a call from the Dodge dealership. The they say, "Hey man, we can't do an alignment. Here's the thing: your wheel bearings are gone. They're gone, and your tire is about to come off this month." And fifteen hundred dollars later, I can only get pissed off at myself because when you avoid things and deny things. They only get
1: worse.
0: They only get worse. And avoiding and denying what's in front of you, what's inside of you in this current moment or current season or last season or every season, I don't know, it will only make it heavier. You will not heal. You will not move forward. There are churches that will tell you to to just not talk about it or talk like it's not there that will crush you and cripple you. You will not experience the things that we preach about ignoring them. The same goes for the things that we don't like to talk about because they're a little bit heavier. You actually add life to the things that are killing you when you try to deny them and don't talk to them. You add life to them. The 12 steps aren't just for adding. My whole life, you know, I grew up because of my storing situation. I've just always known the principles of the twelve steps. People that over the years have come in here and, 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 and been a part of this church. Was like, man, you know as much about a much about addiction as somebody who's an addict. It just took me a while. Yeah, the twelve steps aren't just for addiction; they're for living. They're principles that were founded in the scripture. And the very first step to living, not just addiction, the first of the twelve steps is my life has become unmanageable. There are some areas in all of our life. Mentally, towards sure, because it starts here. See, the Old Testament, they talked about changing your ways, but the focus of the New Testament is changing your mind. Yep. Because if you'll change your mind, your heart will begin to shift in your life. will begin to align over time with your mind and your heart. If you do not change your mind and you avoid and ignore it, everything will crush you, even if you make it look pretty. And we have gotten really good at filters and making things look pretty. And it ain't true. have some areas of our life that it's just become unmanageable. There's some things that we are not okay. That you are not okay. That there's some relationships in your life that are not okay. There's some of you in your right now, your marriage is not okay. You're either sitting next to them or you know, they're not here because, because it's not okay. There's some jobs right now that you're not okay. There's some relationships in your families and friendships. There's some things in your life, some patterns and cycles that are unsustainable. It is not okay. And it is okay to admit that you and you are not okay. And before we jump into more deep stuff throughout this series, we need to just keep it real simple. It's okay to admit that you're not It doesn't make you weak, it doesn't make you broken, it doesn't make you have less faith, it actually makes you have more faith, even take you have integrity in faith. Wow. And I'm about to step on some theological toes, but I want to come straight from scripture and I'm gonna show you that you've got to compare scripture with scripture and have balance in A lot of us in our life we've got no balance. On, wow. I'm talking to myself right now because I'm as you and as you.
1: Wow.
0: It's okay to admit that you are not okay, it's okay to admit the areas of your life that you have defects and dysfunction and that you were that God's not done it, neither are you book of Numbers. The book of Numbers is beautiful. Uh, Israel is stuck in cycles of insanity and instability. They are outside the will and the promise of God for their life, and they are, they are choosing to be outside of it. Those 40 years that they wondered, that so many of us, including me, got a lot of sermon material in that season of Israel. Just like if you really want to look at your life, you got a lot of sermon material and lessons that you need to learn and do I. Israel was just stuck. It's not that they couldn't take it; it's that they weren't—they were denying it and avoiding what God told them to take to deal with it, to and to, and to, and to and to pursue and confront. And what they did is just—they stuck. And the Bible says that God allowed snakes to come in their camp, and snakes begin to bite them. They need poisonous snakes. Yeah. They say no king snake in your yard. This poisonous snakes. Yeah.
1: They
0: began to—they begin to bite them. Some of their families were being killed. They were they just, It was overtaken. They were overtaken. And see, as kids, and some of you as adults, you're scared of snakes and you dream and have nightmares about snakes. We all do. But it hits differently when your nightmares actually become your reality. It hits different when what you're afraid is going to happen actually happens. When the doctor actually tells you, yep, that's what you got. When your spouse says, "Yeah, I cheated on you, I was unfaithful, I don't want to be married to you anymore," when your kids don't like you and they look at you and mean mug you, and you begin to question everything about who you are, and what you can, when you truly have to confront them, snakes they go from nightmare to reality. When you have to recognize who you were five years ago before COVID, and who you are now. When insecurities that you thought you were getting past and thought you were better, speak up on you and are right back and you're in deeper than you were before. It's different when it goes from something you dream about to something day to day you have to deal with. It's heavy. And in numbers, it says that God, God did it, man, because God it's bigger than you. God doesn't just allow it sometimes man God will pull the rug out from under you he will do just like paul he will knock you off your earth.
1: Yeah.
0: he will break you you will not escape the fire like said right in second and minute ago you will go in the fire he will be with you in it but you will you will be in it imagine you got some snakes in your home, you got some snakes in your work, you got some things that are literally biting and draining and sucking the life out of you like it's a vampire sucking your blood. That is the mental health that we have church all the time and we just learn to wear the garments and say the right things and we can quote some scripture, we got our theological views and we're sitting here, our kids don't take us seriously, our family doesn't take us seriously, ain't nobody coming to church because we won't even talk about it, it's some snakes in your job, in your marriage there's snakes, it's it's, it's our story so in Numbers chapter 21 their spiritual leader is Moses their spiritual leader is Moses they go through their spiritual leader. And it says in verse 7, that the people came to Moses and cried out. We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. We have saved. We, they confessed. They were honest. We have been in this cycle. We have not done what God said. See, we have not done. It. See, sin is more than just immorality. See, we also like to dress up. We like to talk. Everybody likes to talk about you know, sin like it's immorality. You know, don't your spouse to be unhealthy and how you manage your health and appreciate your spouse and kids. You may come home and provide them the entire world, but you really aren't present in your family, and one day they don't even hardly know you, and you have to confront that. Come
1: on, man.
0: Sin is so much more than what the American church preaches, which is why there are some things I don't talk about in Catholic. Because the real sin, that the real snakes, are the ones that we don't want to talk. About. And so Israel was honest, and then the people came to Moses and cried out, we have sinned by speaking against the Lord against you. We have, we have turned away. We have pushed God away and pushed you away, Moses. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. We do that, and we come the church, God, please take it away. Please take it all the right now. Take me out of this season right now. Lord, give me some healing right now. and you. We are desperate right now. Pray, Lord, take away the snakes. Take away the things that, that are to destroy my life. So Moses prayed for the people. He prayed for me, he did exactly, I'm going to preach to you, I'm going to pray for you. But then the Lord told him this. He said, "Mate, this seems absolutely ridiculous until you read it for what it is. Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a bolt. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. Tell somebody, say, just look at it. Just look at it. Just look at it. Just look at it. Just. Don't deny it. Don't rebuke it. Don't pray about it. Don't just play over it. Don't try to act like it's not there. And Paul, that walk in my faith and speaking those things is not as though they are. I'm going to get to the balance of that scripture in a minute. He says, You better make a replica. I want you to look at the things that are literally killing people in your family, that are destroying you and holding you back from taking the land. Do not speak of it. Do not deny it. Do not try to make it something it's not. You look at it. Look at it. Don't run from it. Don't rebuke the devil. Don't rebuke the snakes. And the Lord told him, Make a replica, uh, attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So, if Moses made a snake out of, bronze, uh, out of bronze and attached it to a pole, then anyone who was bitten by the snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. So, so anybody who's a theologian in this church or online, listen. I want you to. know, I know what the, I know this is a prophecy of Jesus. <laughs> I've done my homework today. Well, it's not hard to do. It's really simple. The Bible. It is. Jesus said, "So the, just like the born serpent, the Son of Man will be lifted up." Yes, but it is more than that because the Bible is multi-layered, right. which is why it will speak to every one of your situations and mind, every one of your dysfunctions and mind. The gospel, the, the Scripture isn't just a textbook. It is something that will speak to us on every level. It will peel back the layers. It will do whatever surgery we will allow it to do. So I understand that this is a prophecy, and Jesus said, Hey, just as the bronze serpent was lifted up, so I'm going to be lifted up. But it's more than that. And it seems nonsensical and practical until the early 1900s. Why would God say, Put up a bronze serpent? They're getting bit by snakes. Why in the ham sandwich? Would you, and it takes a while. This ain't no rubber snake that you can just pop out and looks like an earthworm and you put on. No, this is like, takes a minute. This is craftsmanship. This took some time to call, to make a, i not you know where to start? Thank God Connor and all tech. ain't no, I do all this business. So I'll be sitting there with no mic or nothing. How in the world, when I'm getting bit by snakes, when I can't pay my bills, when my kids are acting like fools, to me, when I'm about to get fired, when I've lost everything, when I can't when everything, how in the world do you expect me to make a rubber, a bronze snake, not a rubber snake, put it on the stick? I'm dealing with real snakes, God, I'm actually got to work 70 hours a week. What are you expecting of me? Make a bronze snake, I'm getting bit by real ones. Wow. Until the early 1900s. When the technique of psychotherapy known as exposure therapy was discovered, exposure therapy now 100 years later is one of the most proven effective treatments to phobias, anxiety, social and general anxiety disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's actually very, very, very—they—they they, it was groundbreaking. Exposure therapy. Has proven that the only way to move forward, past trauma, past pain, past mental, mental, things past anxiety, the only way is is, is to confront it and be exposed to it. So they have techniques in therapy you now that they will literally, they can do a lot of things to make you literally relive the scars that are keeping you up at night. Oh, it's terrible. Most people do not I want to think about going back to your dad and said, I'm coming back next week, and they never came back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The exposure therapy they take you back to the very beginning, the root of the insecurity where the anxiety and pain all comes from that is defined your entire life. The parent that misled you and affected your entire life your family, and family, you only not know how to be married because your parent never knew how to be married, and you shouldn't have time to be single exposure therapy takes you back, and the only way to truly find of healing is to confront it, to feel it, to learn everything that God has you to learn from the trauma that you went through, whether it was your fault or not, doesn't matter, he said, make a God's make you better face it, there's some things in your life, your mental health is one of them. Have to Mark told me a couple weeks ago, he we said, you gotta put that snake in the ground and look at dead and I and talk to it, not not, not talk away from all. And two thousands, not two thousands of years before the, the, the discovery of exposure therapy, the principle is right here in the Old Testament. Moses well, says, yeah, I want you to make that for a bronze server because I want you to see. I want you to see. were going to heal you. We're going to to try pretend like you're okay? But you're not no. I will not let you put on it. We live in a culture and church and everything else that we just put on We put on and put on. we, we got to get a grand mask and make it a little like real and ain't real. You better plant that snake in a room. Gotta yeah. I, gotta yeah. I gotta, the you know, you got to face your snakes. i got to face my snakes. i got to come from. Jesus told the demon, he said, identify yourself. He didn't say, it. he actually said, let's see you talk about that. He actually paid attention to the demon. He didn't try to avoid it or deny it. He actually told the demon, he said, identify yourself. Paul wrote about the thorn in his flesh, and this thorn wasn't just a briar. They just popped him in the butt. Wow. No, no, no. He described, he described it as a demon sent to torment. To, 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 about it for everybody and all of us to read about 2,000 years later because it's okay to admit when you're not okay to acknowledge that you're dealing with something bigger than you. It's saying it, it bigger than God, but it's bigger than you. And until we surrender to God and our honest is what we're dealing with is crushers, we really can't find the other. You don't have to come to catalyst and say, I'm doing good, I'm blessed when you're caring. We got really good at that. Got right. really good at life. I'm going to tell you, it's not, you. Right. it's not good for you. It's not good for you. It's not faith based. Right. That is fear based. Right. That is pride. That is ego. It is pretentious. Right. Pretending that you're okay when you're not okay to protect the people you love does not protect them, right. it frustrates them and destroys you. Try to be strong for your kids when you are not strong actually teaches them to not be honest with where they are. My wife Angel lost her first husband, Garrett, and Garrett was like, he was like, he was five, and, and like she peaked, so he got to see her calling, Mom, are you okay? No, I'm not, baby. It's a pain to be weak. Paul says, Let the weak say, He is strong. God told Paul, Let the weak say, I am strong, God is strong. doesn't make you a good person. It doesn't make you a strong person. Right. So, not be honest about where you are makes you sort of an unhealthy person. Right. Being overextended and holding everything together isn't heroic. It's tragic. It's tragic. You've got to be honest with the people you do life with your family, your friends, your co workers, your spouse, you to be honest, I'm not okay. This is not okay. I need help with the kids. I need you to do your part, baby. I can't keep doing this this way. Kids, I need you to grow up. I need you to grow up and take. as long as you're in this house, you need to be invested or you need to get out. I'm not okay. This is not okay. You need to be able to talk to your friends, to your your employer, and say, look, I need a reasonable salary. I need a fair salary, a reasonable schedule, and workload. I need that. I believe that I've worked five or ten years, and, and this is something that I believe is fair, and you cannot be afraid to go have the conversation. You have to say, I can't talk to you 17 times a day. I'm not in high school anymore. I'm like, i love you, but it's not going to look like it did 10 years ago. Come on. Come on. You cannot disrespect me and train me like you once did.
1: Come
0: on. And then you have to actually follow through and say, no, this is not okay.
1: Right.
0: I don't care if it's family, friends, employer. That's how much your mental health matters. You might have to go look for some new friends and be lonely for a minute. You might have to begin to put out resumes and look for employment elsewhere so that you don't retire forty years from a place that didn't respect you, didn't respect your time with your family, didn't utilize the gifts that you do have. It may what you fear may happen, but when you are facing and looking at the snakes in your life, they will they will fall. is not impressive to consistently buy off more than you can It's not impressive to be in relationships and situations where you constantly give more than you get. That's dysfunctional. That's destructive. It's character. Doing just fine today. You're just curious. I promise you, life's going to hit you eventually. So let's get some practice together so that we can be honest with whatever happens. Happen say, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Say it like you mean it. Say, I'm not okay. I'm not, okay. Not, okay. not okay. Not okay. That's what facing snakes looks like. Not okay. Man, I'm very, I'm, I just, I'm, I've learned, I'm really big with it. I make, I make, I make, I shock people because. I don't buy into this whole culture of dishonesty. Not anymore. Never really did, but I'm really against it now. When I'm having a tough season, my staff will know that. Number one, I don't hide things really well, but two, I don't hide things. I've told my staff, I've been straight up guys I'm not a good place. After I've been I'm learning now that when I've been rude a couple of times, and and even if I think I'm right, I've handled it wrong. season of my life as a leader here that I have to do a lot more than I will have to do one day and a lot of stuff I'm really not naturally good at and I'll just start I'll do really, it I'll tell them I'm not struggling I'll start crying. I like baby that's okay. Because I don't have to guess. I don't expect people who love me to guess. Now when I tell them you no longer have to guess. And then I get to see what we're dealing There have been seasons in my life and situations where I just had to say baby I'm not together almost nine years now. I'm not, I'm not 100, oh. not even close. Yeah. If you try that at home, and you actually came home waving the white flag, you're less likely to start a war than really started at work. Oh. That played into your insecurity because you had a Mickey, mom or a Daddy, or you had a messed up, whatever. Control because your are second to marriage, but you know, it's a little messed up because your first marriage they messed you up. I don't know. I'm just saying if you're honest and you come home and you're like, I am not okay. I need some support right now. I've had a terrible day. Mm-hmm. I've had a terrible season. I just need a winner. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm a little busy today, I want you to know I'm sitting about 5%. it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say I'm not. It's not okay, it's trying to act like you're okay. And then get upset because everybody, nobody sees it. Nobody sees it because you are hiding it. And you think that's you think that's good. You think that's strong, man? Yeah, it's not strong, that's not faith. That's as much pride as the person who's covering up their self by pride and arrogance, trying to act like they owe the world the best and everything. It's the same, loaded motive in the heart. It's pride, you. Sometimes she thinks, I the the know and you can't see if no, i you're just as honest as me. He recognizes the marriage game, too. Mm-hmm. We have, the, the, the people have no idea the, the, the level of, most people have no idea the level of pressure that comes with building something like we're building here. They have no idea. People love to get their opinions and, and get hurt and, and feelings about things. They have no idea the stress. And I'm going to be honest with you, There's some seasons that it's really bad. The greatest victories. We, we always say this. I say, enjoy the mountaintop right now, because you know it don't last. Yeah. Neither does the valley. And so a few years back, you know, we had to, you know, COVID you know, almost killed this church too. And, and my wife was struggling. Angie was struggling. Things that most people ever never even understand know about because it's just what it is. And so I began to like. We had to why like, We reached out to counseling. Like, number one, we had to with somebody to alter us. Ministry, Solomon Foundation, which I've um, seen some of their leadership come offer there. a counselor that was uh, that was um, that specialized, a clinical psychologist for pastors and their families. And I'll be honest, with you what, for Dr. West Leavis. I don't know if I it to our staff who we were struggling. There was a time in 2021 was probably the hardest year of my life. Kidding, but we wouldn't have gone on a beach trip that year the, the day before Dr. Will's from California, so it was real early for him. When I called him, he didn't sit down and counsel us through some things we were just dealing, When Angie was um, when Angie had three kids under the age of four, was a little minute before I came along, she so had just wanted to take an effect sir with the kids, and she knew it. She knew it, what their fault there was a lot going on. She also had three kids under the age of four, and She began to take a here for about five years. Of course, she was able to get off of it, but because you have to make decisions for your season, some of you have to take it forever, some of you have to take it for now. I don't know. But two years ago, she had to die. she's not just, I'm not talking about she's a better person. She's better at enjoying the life that God has given us in this season because of so I didn't ask Connor permission for this, but he takes in the name hand the if he do not get permission. He's
1: like,
0: <laughs> I won't don't tell anybody's business except my family. I don't tell it all. I signed up for this. Get my money in because she signed up for it. when he first came on staff, I could tell his focus was off. I know what anxiety looks like because I can't and then I think you're, I think you got some anxiety. You're really got on medication. You're the joker. The leadership isn't just Jesus that you sit in common. It's some medication, too. <laughs> and if you're not willing to make decisions, if, you, if medication or counseling, if you're scared to go talk to somebody because you think it makes you less, and you're not willing to make the decisions to say I'm not okay but I don't want to stay this way, because of whatever the appearance or reputation of people that, whatever it is, it will make you a better person, pastor, husband, wife, daughter, son, student, I don't know. I'm going to talk about a lot more of this awkward stuff that's happening in our life, too, in the next couple of weeks, so you got to get ready, because I prepared you for it. And I'm going to tell you, if you're not willing to make the decisions, that's not faith. That's, that's not wisdom. Faith is not wisdom. Faith isn't a substitute for wisdom, and if you want to walk in stupidity and hate your life, Everybody and just know how to say the right things, by all means, that's okay. But when you we it's not okay that you can do what you want to do. It's okay that you're not okay. That's the starting place. Facing your snakes and, and walking in faith, the start of faith is honesty. It's honesty. It's honesty. Bible says, speak those things as not as though they are right. Who says that? Right? Here's the balance. They taught me in seminary, you've got to compare scripture with scripture. Thankful for for that, some of those things. I'm just gonna pop out some verses. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for some scripture? I could do this all day because just as much, there's so much balance in the word if you want to see it. The psalmist in Psalm 6 says this. I'm worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with me, drenching it with my tears. Not all the songs are happy songs, y'all. My vision is blurred by grief. You ever had your vision just like grief completely? You had no clarity in your life? You felt like you were just going through the motions because people asked you to go through the motions? My eyes are worn out because of all my. The psalmist in Psalm 88, it says, they have left me among the dead. You ever felt like people just left you completely and they left you? It's like you ever get pissed off at the people who put you in a bad position because of their decisions and your life is harder, or they die and you feel guilty because you're angry that they're gone and you're still here? He says, they left me among the dead and i lie like a corpse in the grave. No.
1: I'm
0: alive, but I'm not alive. No. I am forgotten. Cut off from your care. You want to talk about before your Creator, cut off from the kid. you have thrown me into the lowest pit. Please, must to question God? We're not supposed to ask questions. Into the darkest depth, your anger weighs me down. Connor, your song saturates, beautiful, right? wave after wave, your grace crashes over me. Well, before you experience that, you have to be honest with this one. When he says or she says, he he says uh, hang on, I've lost my spot. With wave after wave you have engulfed me. Not grace. Where I'm at right now. Lamentations, by the way, the book of Lamentations, which the name of the book is crying, complaining, lament. It was written by the prophet Jeremiah was a spiritual leader, a man of faith, right? He wrote a book on anger and tears and crying. It's in the Bible. We don't like to read this stuff. We don't like to preach sermons and series on this. Oh. The prophet says, I've cried until the tears no longer come. Never been in a place where you're, you're, you're just callous? You got nothing left to fill. Oh. Complete default mode. I want to care about just completely overwhelmed. Jeremiah said, i am proud until the tears no longer come. My heart is broken. My spirit is poured out in agony as I see the desperate plight of my people. The last three years, Jeremiah is talking about the grief of He's lost hope. You post about on social media and the conversations you're engaging in, people have told me for the last three years that still tell me, I just don't know if I ain't believe in people anymore. When you stop believing in people and hope and redemption, you have stopped believing in God because when you lose hope in the creation, you've lost hope in the creator. Thank you. In Jeremiah, I am so broken, I this anymore. I don't know if I want to be a mom, a daddy, a pastor. I don't know if I want to be a prophet. I am so angry. He says, little children and tiny babies are fainting and dying in the streets. Look at our world. Look at the issues that we don't want to talk about. Look at the pain in our country and in our world. And he says, man, I'm tired of this. Oh. Speak those things is not as though they are. First, you got to speak the things that are. You got to be honest with where you are before you start talking about where God's going. Joe, who went through absolute hell. Absolute hell and some. He says that now my life seems away. Depression haunts my days. We're going to talk a lot more about depression next week. You ever been in a place emotional, mentally, that you're, you you literally feel like you're, everything's deteriorating? You're young. But you don't have any energy to get out of bed because you're mentally completely drained. Right. At night, my bones are filled with pain. You can't sleep at night. It ain't even physical pain at this point. It's just emotional, mental scars and pain. It's just caught up with, you know, Joe said. what Job says, which gnaws at me relentlessly. It gnaws at me. Snakes, right? It's all in there if you want to see it. With a strong hand, God grabs my shirt like a high school bully. He grabs my shirt. He grips me by the collar of my coat. Wow. That's how children feel. And so when we talk about walking speaking in faith, it starts with speaking honestly where you are. Surrender starts with holding, not holding back. It's okay to admit when you're not a the same man that wrote, The Lord is my shepherd, shepherd I shall not be in one. The same man that wrote, I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of giving also wrote Psalm 13, where he says, How long will you ignore me and neglect me, God? How long will you love the other right? How long will I celebrate everybody else's baby showers? In weddings, and I haven't found anybody. I can't even find a solid date, or I got infertility issues, and you feel like you're not giving your husband something, and he deserves better because you can't even have a baby. and You see these moms out here having 17 of them, and you can't even get a hopeful glimpse. You ain't even taking pregnancy tests because it ain't happening. You see them getting a promotion, you ain't got no money. See, the same man that was spoken faith also spoke in honesty. John the Baptist. John the Baptist was completely overwhelmed in prison for a minute. The man who made his entire life to be the forerunner of Jesus. Prison affected his perspective and he didn't say, Oh, God's gonna do it. No, he sent friends to Jesus and said, Are you the one?
1: Right.
0: Are you the one or shall we look for another? But he was asking Jesus, I'll flip my about to get to be I want to know, just let me God knowing that I'm missing. I ain't even mad about it anymore. Honestly, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Mark, Durham, the parent, that the father that his kid was like, grew up and had major illness. It says that he was like slobbering trying to throw himself in a fire. We're talking, he said it's demonic. Whether it was demonic, mental both, I don't know. But Jesus said, Do you believe I can kill your son? And his answer was so fast. So I believe. Help I believe. In other words, I don't believe, but I want to believe God. Honestly. Honestly. No holding back. Regardless of why, let's start there. We gotta start week one with I'm not okay. Let's not look at the solutions and answers. Let's look at complete sincerity and honesty that I'm not in a good place. Yeah. The people in your life that love you, that I'm not in a good place. We live in a culture, this superficial culture, this know-it-all culture that wants to ask questions that aren't even relevant. Is addiction a disease or addiction, Is that even relevant? Because, I mean, let's face it if you got cancer, you got to choose to find it. Really. Why are we asking questions? I'll tell you why, because we don't want to really admit the truth. Really. We don't want to see it for what it is. We don't want to see it for what it is. I'm not okay. I'm not quitting, but I'm struggling. I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm not cross the Jordan. yet. I'm crossing, but I'm not crossing yet. And lastly, I'm going to leave you with this: You're as sick as your secrets, and you'll stay sick. Stay isolated. You're as sick as your secrets, and you'll stay sick. Stay isolated. King David wrote this when he tried to push his sins. And by sin, we're not talking about just immorality, anything in your life that's unholy, that is that it is not good for you. It, it, the word sin means missing the mark. That's all it means. I mean, it's really so. And he says in Psalm 32, when I kept my, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away, the my groaning and all day long. See, when you push things down that you need, you when to deny it and avoid it and try to speak it and, and not look at it or talk to it. And I'm going to say that it eats you alive. My bones wasted away through my groaning all day long for day and night. David said, Your hand is heavy on me. My strength was zapped as in the heat of the summer. You, you know this hot summer, you know, you outside, you're like, Man, I I'm gonna go on heat. David yeah, said that's the way my mental health moved. Holding it in, holding everything and not talking about it, not dealing with it, it try and trying to trying to carry the whole world, the weight of it, not have anybody help me carry it, just trying to be like, superhuman. He says, This I acknowledge, but then I acknowledge my sin completely honest to you. And I did not cover up my iniquity. David was a guy who danced in the streets. Praise God. He didn't care that everybody did this. But He had to get to that place. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt. The guilt of my sin. Notice all your scars and trauma come from shame and guilt. He says, You forgive the guilt of my sin. Not to it's all great right to say God forgives you and He forgives me. But the guilt and the shame are the things that, that destroys and haunts. You forgive other people, you don't forgive yourself. Tell somebody right now, say I need people. I need say it again, say I need, I need people. I know it's heavy, but can you say it lot? say I need people? My introverts in the place, you need people. God said it, David said it. Had people, but he didn't utilize people. God wired you. I'm gonna say that y'all know we have presence during the church, and we'll say this one. God wired you for the Holy Spirit not to be alone. God said from the beginning, it was just him and of He says it is not good, not beneficial for the man to be alone. Even Jesus. Great. Even Jesus needed He's a straight up in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's about could you imagine the mental strain? He was sweating drops of blood. That's a physical ailment that happens when you're under heavy stress. We know that now. He was sweating drops of blood, and he cries out to his closest friends, to his people, not on social media, because that's just trying to get attention, yeah. Yeah. to people that actually love and can invest in him. He cried out, he said, he said, stay with me while I'm so He says, I feel like. Not okay. You hold yourself to standards Jesus didn't even hold himself to. And you wonder why you struggle in your relationships and life is a constant roller coaster. And you don't know what you did. Take two steps forward and ten back. You know why? Because you're not really honest with where you are. And you're doing it all alone. And Jesus said, I can't. Was honest with his disciples. I need you to stay up with me in my life like this. The mental, not the problem. The mental trauma was coming. The Bible says, I'm going to use scripture because I want to pound scripture with scripture so you can't argue with it and try to avoid it because I'm going to give you something that you can't avoid in this series. You mm-hmm. can't hide from it. You can't, you, you can't cherry pick me on this one because I can come back with just as many because we need balance in our life. We need honesty because people who conceal their sins will not prosper. Conceal your scars, your shame, your problems. It says, will not prosper. The Bible says plans fail with no counsel, but with many counselors that succeed. If you're not willing to talk to people, if you're not willing to go to a counselor when you are struggling, I still, we and to still sit down when we need to, Dr. West, just to make sure we're okay because sometimes proactively talking to people, stop you from getting into situations that coincides inside you. The Bible says this, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. When you push people away and you're setting your way your own desire, it's my perspective, it's my way, it's I'm right, you're wrong, it's about being says, When a man isolates himself and seeks his own desires, he rages against it. says when he does that, he rages against all wise judgment. In other words, you don't get any type of growth pushing everybody and like, everything God brings you to help you grow, even if you don't like it. Mm. Uh, so your default survival mode—what it is—keep turning up. We all do it in some way. You go to toxic be against the world. Mm. You're like, but I, survived, right? "I survived. I, I survived. I'm not surviving. Surviving. You say, "There's no reward." Surviving is not the promise of God, not the one I read about, not the one that Jesus is. When He says, "Give you life," He didn't say you survive or mm-hmm. He didn't say you going not make it through. You can make it all. If I believed that, I wouldn't be standing. I wouldn't do what i i just go home and watch Netflix all day. It's not. It's a miserable place to live, doing life alone. At the core of self-reliance and trying to do it alone. Hold the world and your family together and everything at the core of it, the core of self-reliance, the self-righteous God. That's what we've it. Maybe you were human, that's what we got to hit in the heart for the next few weeks as we talk about mental illness. And so how we're doing better as a church because we want to build people, number one, we're starting launching brokeries this week. Most of them, I think a lot of them. To be at tables with people, you need to get the opportunities to open you up to relationships. These groups aren't just straight Bible studies, they are getting you connected so that you can have relationships that you can be a part of. Them. Because I'm going to tell you, sitting at home right now, some of you, I don't know why you're at home or if you're at the beach, that's all good. But if you're at home because you're played and safe and it's isolated, you will not heal if that that's why you're doing it. You will not experience the promise of God. Death but for people with anxiety, it's really not you gotta fix your space. And so it's more than just some These grow groups, young adults, and families. you got kids. You need to make space to get your kids with a babysitter. Mamas, if you have spent year several years or a year and, and you have not you've been attached to your baby and you gave birth a year ago, you need to be a human and be a wife. And so we're trying to create You're a single mom, be an individual. We're trying to create a space to get you together because you grow when you grow with people. You need to, and so and I encourage you also, we're expanding our counseling ministry. I've told you like we we're always been passionate about counseling. I've had to really step back and how much I counsel because I've had a lot going in this season, prepared for the growth that God's created so that we help you, and can go healthy and serve some new people. And so I've asked some people. i told you something about Sarah, my daughter training her and she's been sitting with me in counseling she's at Jack State uh, about to, uh, she's working on her grad degree so that she can uh, be a licensed a PLC professional licensed counselor and um, and she's already got a bachelor's in psychology and and, um, and, and, and she's, uh, I asked her this summer she got a certified life and mental, uh, certified life coach and mental health coach and she's actually taken a certified counseling biblical counseling class right now. She's been killing it and I'm thankful for it. He is going to be a huge part of overseeing the expansion of our council ministry because I'm not going to tell you. You need to engage and can have conversations and not give you an outlet more than me have a conversation. So, you're going to see this new procedure coming soon of how we're going to do council. But Sarah's going to be one of the ones that are involved in counseling ministry overseeing it. Also, Mark and Carrie Ager. Will you stand, Mark? Sarah, where are you at, baby girl? We all three stand right now. The baby girl's back here. I want you to see their face. Mark and Karen here. Mark and Karen have been in ministry for oh, oh, 24 years, married. He's preached more sermons. They've done more ministry than I have.
1: You have? Don't laugh. You know, it's
0: true. I've got to make them all look at that bill are have like a freezer right there. You can sit down. You can sit down. And so they are a blessing. They're going to do some pastoral counseling, marriage counseling. We're going to, we're going to facilitate as much counseling as we can. I'm going to be involved as needed. But I've got to create more space for leaders to speak and the people who can look. We need each other. You need somebody. Whether you know it or not, you need somebody and your relationships will define your entire life, not just mental health. And then we're gonna suicide awareness model. So it's mental health awareness model. So good. This is Matt. Matt was a part of this church and I had so much love in his heart. I got to baptize him. That's a picture of me. he got baptized. You hear tears of people that love him. Matt got in here deep in this altar. To a men's conference, and it was one of the five you know, men that someone I got to baptize that men's conference was incredible. I held him right there. I held him for like 10 minutes. We had that carry worship on the first set. I held him. He actually was so hungry for God that he went, he went to Heard County to you know, to Jones Men's group, and I think they they laid hands With such a big heart. He was hurt. As much love as he had in him, he had a lot of hurt about And that day, picture you see, he's serving at the men's conference and he gets baptized. But he was one of those that, you know, he got to get that. He got to it alone. And yes, he had some diagnosis and the guy given him total permission. He had some diagnosis, schizophrenia, and things like that. He went through some trauma, a lot of trauma. Life and he had so much love. He just grabbed me and he could get the best hugs. And later in the summer, after that men's conference, I get the call that like, he and it is his own whole life. He was carrying so much alone. And in moments, he would let it go and would reach out. He had Diana, who loved him, family on the front row. The love was there. And Matt is at peace now. But he could have had here. There's people here that love him that are hurting a lot And I wonder sometimes how many people come into our church on Sunday or any church that are hurting. Like you're holding back things that God has called you to believe. And I don't believe at least once. Sometimes you got to come to this altar every day, sometimes you got to make a phone call. Every day. Sometimes you got to say, I'm not okay every day for years. And Matt had this one moment where, where he bought into the lot of his way is better awful about it. Then everybody would hurt, because that's what happens in suicide. Everybody would hurt, but they would eventually move on and be better, and life would be better, and God had to be better. This man who had so much love in his heart, he's with Jesus, but Jesus offers it to his kid. Honestly. You don't have to put on. You don't have to be strong for anybody. Paul said let the weak say he is strong. And I told Paul, let the weak say I'm strong. That's what we build the church, we build it's uncomfortable for a lot of church people. Yeah, oh, that's cool. We're not, we're not, we're not gonna Checking boxes. We're not putting. We're not going to be appropriate to your theology. I'm going to spit on the front roll a lot, like I have today, it's like the Shamuja in the first few rows. Real? Yeah, but God, there's a million words with us, and I'm not afraid to tell you. I'm going to tell you a lot more of my baggage in the next couple weeks because I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid to tell. And what qualifies you for the promise and the purpose he has for your life, and why there's so much more love than you're settling for in your life, is because he said it and he created you. My mama told me years ago he said, He don't create junk. And if he think he he does, then you're talking about your creator, not yourself. Honestly. Can all my leadership and prayer team come up here right now? I don't know what you need to let go of for somebody right now you can be considering harmony giving up, totally giving up, you're standing your feet right now, If that's you right now, we're here to pray for you, I don't know, for some of you, may you may need to surrender your pride and you need to, for some of you, you need to, you need to, you have been holding back, like you. you have been trying to be the perfect dad, and to do everything and provide way more than God and your family was expecting you to provide, for mamas, you are exhausted, and you are trying to kill you, alone. God loves you right here. He has a plan for you right here. I don't care if you came in, you're drunk and you're still hungover. over. He loves you as much before you took that sip. He loves you whether you left your family and you've you been eating, it's been eating you for years, the abuse that you put your kids through because the, the victim eventually becomes the victimizer. And the generational curse stops. When you say I'm not okay, I'm not gonna stay isolated. I'm not gonna keep secrets. I am coming to you, Holy God, and honestly, And so that's where healing happens. So right now we are here for you. I don't know what you need to surrender. I don't know if you need to surrender some things. that, I don't know what it is, and you only you, you can come here Would you pray for you if you believe in God for something in your life of sickness or mental health? If there's patterns, if have been so self-reliant. Start. It starts with honesty. So right now we're going to sing this over the on my surrender all. And we are right here for you. The presence of God is here right now. We're going to be here tomorrow. And whenever you decide to access it and say, God, I'm here, hearing this, that's what we're going to do. Tell somebody say, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Let's just sing this in worship. We're here. Come on, we'll, we'll stay as long as we need and we'll release it. we got to release. Come on, we're here. We hope today's message spoke to you. If you want to know more about Catalyst, you can go to Iamcatalyst.net and we'd love to have you in the room one Sunday. God is for you and so are we. We'll see you next time.